Okay, today we come to the third and final epistle of John. This this letter um, is addressed to a man named Gaius, who was apparently a member of one of John's churches. The main purpose of the letter is to encourage Gaius um, to charge him to deal with a, a, a divisive figure in the church named, named Diotrephes, and to charge Gaius and the rest of the congregation to walk in obedience to the truth of Christ in their everyday lives, a common theme in all three of John's letters. We've said quite a bit about the theme of walking in obedience to the truth and and the importance of personal holiness in John's first two letters. So I want to make two other quick points from this short letter of Third John. We've said quite a bit in recent uh, podcasts about the importance of... of um, personal, practical holiness and godliness, like I said, in our daily lives. We said quite a bit about it because John said quite a bit about it. So we want to emphasize whatever it is that the Bible emphasizes. And if the Bible emphasizes it over and over again, then we ought to as well. But in John's third epistle, it only takes four verses uh, to use the phrase in verse four, walking in the truth. Now, John will have more specific exhortations concerning walking in the truth Later in the letter, for example, when he tells them in verse 11 to do not imitate evil but imitate good. What I want to note here, though, is a slightly different angle on the topic, and uh, that is John's exuberant joy in those early verses. After wishing him good health and blessing, John tells Gaius in verse 3, I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you were walking in the truth. When others in the congregation came to John and told him about Gaius and how Gaius was being faithful to the Lord um, Jesus Christ and was growing uh, in grace and, and godliness, uh, John rejoiced greatly. In fact, he went so far as to say in the very next verse, verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. No greater joy. That is in itself instructive and as well as indicting to us. It's instructive because it shows us the kinds of things in which we ought to find our greatest joy, but it's indicting because more times than not, if we're honest with ourselves, we find our greatest joys in far lesser and far more worldly things than spiritual growth and godliness of our brothers and sisters in Christ. That, that That's why division in the church is so spiritually devastating because it keeps us from valuing the things and setting our minds on the things that are most important and are of greatest value. Take some time to think carefully through uh, how our brothers and sisters in Christ are growing in the faith and encourage them in that and find your joy in those things. Those are the things that are going to last forever. But secondly and finally, there's another interesting passage about halfway through the letter. Um, there were apparently some believers who were involved in some type of itinerant ministry and spent some time... Uh, among the congregation to which John was writing, and then came to a point where they were going to move on to the next place of ministry. And John writes to the church and instructs them in this matter. He says uh, in, in verses 5 through 8, he said, You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name. And just a few, a little bit later, and we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers with the truth. Much like... Um, the, the first point was urging us to find our joy in the right things. These verses teach us to invest our resources in the right things. The first thing that comes to my mind, especially as a Southern Baptist, is to support our missionaries around the world and, and the opportunities we have before us to send them on their way uh, in a manner worthy of God. Every, 
every uh, year toward the end of the year, around Christmas time, early uh, January, February of the next year, Southern Baptists emphasize the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, uh, you know, an offering collected uh, all across Southern Baptist churches, every penny of which goes to support our international missionaries. And uh, in recent years, sadly, when the total offering collected was compared to the total number of Southern Baptists, it reveals an average gift of $10 or less per Southern Baptist. And, and I, I honestly think that we could all do, do better than that. Uh, we, we need to realize, as John says, that these missionaries have gone out for the sake of the name of Jesus Christ, and we have an opportunity uh, through our support to offerings like that to be fellow workers for the truth. So I know it's, it's, uh, it's just April, and it's a long way from the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, but you can give to it almost any time. But pray even now how the Lord is enabling you to support our missionaries monetarily in an effort to send them out in a manner worthy of God. Those are just a couple of thoughts from this brief letter of 3 John.